Welcome to your go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it. Gaming. Wait for it. Anime. Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And welcome back to my series entitled The X-Files, in which I talk about extraterrestrial encounters or supposed extraterrestrial encounters. This series has kind of been on the back burner for the last few months, and there's just been so much going on lately that, you know, I haven't necessarily had time to talk about paranormal stuff cryptids, or in this case, aliens. And I certainly want to get back to that. I really appreciate the feedback I've gotten on this series. It seems like you guys are really enjoying them, and I'm going to continue to do them as long as you know they are received positively. If you are brand new to the Way For It podcast, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if aliens aren't necessarily your jam, check out our library. I promise you there is something here for everybody. For those of you returning listeners, welcome back. Thank you so much for the support. We really, truly cannot do this without you. And make sure to stick around to the very end of the episode, and I'll let you know where you can find all of our content. Now, with that being said, let's dive right into this month's episode of The X-Files. Today, we are discussing the strange disappearance of Frederick Valentich. Valentich was a 20-year-old Australian pilot who had aspirations of becoming either a military or commercial pilot. According to his family, Fred was also a big-time believer in the existence of extraterrestrial life. So much so to the point that he believed they were not only going to attack Earth soon, but target him specifically. Now, at the time of his disappearance, he had accrued roughly 150 hours of flying time, which did authorize him to fly at night, but only in visual meteorological conditions. Basically, what that meant is that he only was able to fly in the absolute perfect conditions. Now, Fred had not only been rejected by the Royal Australian Air Force due to inadequate educational qualifications, but he also failed all five license examination subjects twice. This information will be important later. So let's fast forward to the 21st of October, 1978. Valentich had told officials that he intended on flying to King Island, which is off the northwestern tip of Tasmania. Now, Fred gave two different reasons for the flight to separate officials. He told one that he was going to go pick up some friends, and he told another that he intended to collect a shipment of crayfish. Fred also failed to inform King Island Airport that he was planning on landing there. In fact, there was actually no one present at the airport that night because they weren't expecting anybody. Now, of course, I'm not a pilot, but it's generally not recommended to try and land on a dark runway unassisted. Valentich departed from Moorabbin Airfield in a Cessna 182 light aircraft around 6.20 p.m. A Cessna is a single-engine plane. Again, information that's going to be important in a little bit. Around 45 minutes later, while flying over the Bass Strait near Cape Otway, he radioed Melbourne Air Traffic Control to report that an unidentified aircraft had begun following him. Upon seeing it, he maintained radio contact with Melbourne's air services for several minutes, describing it as it darted and swerved around him. It appeared to be green and long-shaped. He stated that it was traveling at speeds faster than he had ever seen before. The air traffic controller believed that he was concerned about it, and at one point stated that it was quote-unquote chasing him, 
and, quote, played some sort of game, end quote, above his plane. All of a sudden, it disappeared. However, a few seconds later, the object returned from the southwest. Suddenly, Frederick's engine started malfunctioning. Finally, he stated, quote, it's hovering and it's not an aircraft, end quote. These were the last words that the air traffic controller heard from him. After that, he heard several mysterious clicking noises, followed by no more noises from either Valentich or the plane. Now, after this happened, a search was immediately launched for the Valentich, which included civilian aircraft and ships, as well as an Australian Air Force plane. Despite covering over a thousand square miles over four days, no trace of the missing plane was found, and the search efforts ceased on October 25th, 1978. Later on, a witness who had asked to remain anonymous came forward. He claimed that he was traveling with his family when they noticed unusual activity in the sky. He saw a lime green light flying about 100 feet from a small aircraft. Both flew closer to each other before disappearing from his view. Roughly six weeks after Frederick's disappearance, an amateur photographer by the name of Roy Manifold came forward. He claimed that on the evening of Fred's disappearance, he had set up a camera at Cape Otway, planning to take pictures of the sunset. In the last photo, there is a black spot in the upper right corner. At first, he believed it was a developing error. However, a photo examiner found no dirt or damage on the negative. The strange mark was determined to be in the photograph. American photo analysts determined that it was a metallic object, apparently in a cloud of some sort of exhaust. It was apparently a mile from the camera. The Kodak lab in Coburg studied the negative and reported no problem with the emulsion or development of the negative. Now, fast forward to 1983, no evidence or trace of him or the plane had ever been found until an engine cowl flap from the same type of Cessna as his plane washed ashore at Flinders Island over 300 kilometers from his last known position. Now, it did have a partial serial number on it, but it did not match the serial number from Valentich's plane. Several people believe that it came from his plane, but it has not been conclusively determined as other similar planes had lost the same part in the same area in the early 1980s. It was discovered very close to the airport runway on Flinders Island. So what happened to Fred Valentich? Well, there are several theories, and we'll get to that here in just a moment after we talk about this week's affiliate, Instacart. You know, because of 2020, the way people operate their daily lives has drastically changed, and that includes their grocery shopping, which is why we want to tell you guys about Instacart. Eric and I have both taken advantage of Instacart over the last year, and we've been so happy with how easy it is to use. I leave it up to the experts at Instacart to give me my groceries every week. You can get the products you love from your local stores and even shop among your favorites on a single order. Instacart delivers to your door as quickly as one hour, highlights deals to help you save money, picks the freshest produce, and of course, they keep your eggs safe too. Instacart makes it easy for their shoppers to handpick what you want based on your preferences, you can find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items. So make sure to follow the link in the show notes. It lets Instacart know that we sent you, gets you free delivery on your first order over $35, and of course, it helps support the show. So of course, let's first talk about the theory that brings us all here today. And that's the UFO theory. Now, all these theories are coming from a planeandpilotmag.com, so shout out to them. As I mentioned in the beginning, Valentich was obsessed with UFOs. Some people believe that maybe he got too close to the truth and was abducted. And again, eyewitnesses did allege to see something in the night sky the night of his disappearance. One individual said, quote, It's got a green light and it's sort of metallic, like it's all shiny on the outside. It just vanished. The morning after, a farmer in Cape Otway, an area along the edge of Valentich's flight path, 
observed a flying object hovering over his property. The object was apparently 30 meters across, and it appeared to have a small airplane attached to its side. According to the farmer, the attached aircraft was leaking oil. He was so disturbed by what he saw that he etched the aircraft's tail number into one of his tractors so he wouldn't forget it. The number matched Valentich's Cessna. One thing that I came across in my research was the transcript of Fred's discussion with air traffic control. Now, that transcript gives you the idea that the conversation lasted roughly eight minutes between Fred and air traffic control. However, some of that conversation has been redacted. There's actually over 12 minutes of audio from that conversation that has just been lost. Whether it be destroyed on accident or on purpose, it does raise some questions. A lot of you that are listening to this may know that we are just now recently getting to the point where governments around the world are acknowledging the existence of UFOs. I'm not 100% saying that Fred was literally just pulled out of his airplane and taken to another planet. However, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Australian government wanted to hide what happened on this night. Next up is one of the more popular theories, which is that Valentich just crashed. Remember, he was a relatively young and inexperienced pilot. I mentioned that he was rejected from the Australian Air Force twice, and although he had those 150 flight hours, he hadn't been involved in three in-flight incidents once when he entered restricted airspace and twice when he deliberately flew into clouds. And he was actually under the threat of prosecution for that second offense. Flying over the water into the setting sun can be pretty disorienting, even for really experienced pilots. Instead of focusing on critical flight tasks, he instead seemed distracted by delusions of a UFO. While the four lights he observed above him could have belonged to another aircraft, it's possible that they were the lights of Mercury, Venus, Mars, and a bright star called Antares. According to the transmission, Valentich began circling his aircraft at some point, so it's possible that he fell victim to the tilted horizon illusion. Becoming disoriented, he could have either entered a graveyard spiral or even become inverted. The green light he observed could have been his own reflection off the water. Given the gravity-fed fuel system of the Cessna 182, his engine would have quickly been deprived of fuel, explaining why his transmission at the end sounded so rough. So, was Fred just disoriented and made a fatal mistake? Possibly. And then there's another theory, which is the stage disappearance theory. The night that Fred disappeared, police received several reports of an unidentified aircraft landing on Cape Otway. Assuming Valentich followed the plan that he filed, he would have been in the Cape's general vicinity at the time he began transmitting with Air Flight Service. Is it possible that Valentich, frustrated by his failing aviation career, fabricated the UFO sighting in order to stage his own disappearance? Not only would an abduction serve to validate his UFO conspiracies, but it would also give him a fresh start on an otherwise troubled life. Now, this is a theory that is pretty heavily disputed by his family. They pretty much have all stated that he was in good spirits, had a girlfriend, and despite his struggles with aviation, was still living a pretty fulfilling life. So what do you guys think happened to Fred Valentich? Did he fall victim to an extraterrestrial life form that identified him as a threat? Did he trick the Australian government and vanish into thin air? Or was he simply a bad or inexperienced pilot? Either way, he has never been seen or heard from again. But that is all for this month's episode of The X-Files. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. It's a really, really puzzling case, and I would love to hear your theories on it. Find me on social media at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, or you can find the show on Facebook and Instagram at Wait For It Podcast, or on Twitter at Wait For It Pod. Again, for you first-time listeners, you can find this show anywhere you're listening to your podcast, 
which of course includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and anywhere you can find your shows. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. That is one of the best ways you can support the show. Again, there is something here for everybody. Please check out our episode that came out on Monday titled The Game Room Where It Happens, where we talked about Pokemon with Kelly Washington from the Slice of Disney podcast. Also, in the upcoming weeks, we have a full season three review of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. And of course, the monthly episode of What Did I Miss, in which we talk about any news from the entertainment and gaming world that you may have missed in the month of May. Thank you so much for joining me on the Wait For It podcast in this episode of The X-Files. Don't forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and all you have to do is wait for it. So, I heard you're looking for a go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is... Wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast.